It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ The Fan, featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and also now available at Podcast One. Chris is uh, back again. He's been leaving and coming back lately. He was in uh, Palm Springs this last week. Uh, Chris, uh, you couldn't have picked a better weekend to be gone from Minnesota. Nice going. Your timing was pretty good. I, I timed this one well. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's always hard to leave this time of year because you're, you know, we're fastly approaching the golf season. But uh, I don't think I missed anything here last week. And it was a, uh, a very productive week in Palm Springs, and uh, the weather was about perfect there. <laughs> Not to rub it in. But, yeah. <laughs> so tell our listeners, Chris Foley School of Golf here is an opportunity for people to uh, come and work with you and improve their game. You and I have had some lessons, a really valuable short game lesson a month or so ago. And uh, But is that similar to what you're doing in Palm Springs, Chris? Yeah, you know, um, in Palm Springs, I, I work with a lot more adults than I do with kids here here probably about half of what I do is with some of our junior programs, but uh, uh, I'm at a, a great club in, in the desert, one of the kind of the old uh, original clubs in, in Palm Springs called El Dorado Country Club, and uh, it's just got a great membership who's very passionate about the game of golf, and uh, I, it's really fun going out there because people are, they're there for the golf, and they uh, um, they all want to get better, and they play a lot of golf, and so it's a, so it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a national membership, so you have people from all over the country there, and uh, the club has a great tradition. It, uh, they've had uh, almost every president has been a member at at El Dorado at one point, and uh, when President Eisenhower was in office, they call, they called it the Winter White House, and his uh, his his old home is still on the golf course, and uh, real neat statue in the backyard of, of President Eisenhower and he was such a uh, such a passionate golfer so there's there's a lot of history there as well that it's neat to neat to be around yeah huge fan and uh, and a, a promoter of the game to be sure President Eisenhower so I'm guessing it's a mix of uh uh, guests who are there for one or two times, and some people that you see uh, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, it, it's neat because as now I've been going out there for for two years, and I've really developed uh, some great relationships. And um, a lot of people, if if they're in town, I, I work with them once a month when I'm out there. So uh, a lot of fun, and it, it's fun to see. You know, when you get to work with somebody on an ongoing basis, and uh, it's really fun to see them get better. You know, yeah. And, Get better, enjoy it more, play more, and uh, so that, that's there's a lot of a lot of satisfaction there. Maybe it happens more here than in Palm Springs, Chris, but because uh, they can play longer, I, I suppose they can't play through yeah. the heat a lot of the time. But uh, what do people forget? Say, like in here, here, you know, we played our last rounds in October, probably most of us, and uh, now going to pick it up again with a little bit longer spring. But what do your students and uh, and regular golfers forget over the winter time? Well, you know, I think uh, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You kind of 
as you're playing and if you're playing well, you develop some feels or swing thoughts that uh, that work for you. And um, we all we all have just human nature. We have a tendency to get away from those. And so when we get away from them, we start experimenting with different things. And uh, then it gets hard to find get back to where where you were so uh you know when you're playing well it, it's it's always a great idea to kind of write down okay what what am i th- what was i thinking there what what am i working on what's uh what's helping me produce good good golf shots and uh if you do that it's uh, it's easy to come back back to those things when you get off you know there there have been some great p- players over the course of time who uh were like Byron Nelson for instance who was really into he would he would keep these journals of you know what he was doing and when he was playing well what he what his thoughts were what he was uh, what he was working on and he would go back and refer to those those journals when he got off and uh, I think we we all could learn a lot from that if we we took that practice under for ourselves. Well, you and I had a good uh, quiz, a short game uh, lesson, and uh, one of the things, just a couple things, as far as just a, a guy who needs help with his game. My grip had slipped back to I've got the uh, the, the the slice grip basically, uh, or do I have the hook grip? I have the hook. What's this one? Yeah, you tend to grip it too strong. Or yeah, hook grip. Yeah, yeah the hook the hook grip, and uh, I'd kind of gone back to it. And you, you, I can't remember the exact quote you said. If you're if you're Grip feels comfortable. You're probably not doing it right, or something like that. Well, yeah. When, whenever we make a grip change, if uh, <laughs> you know if your grip starts feeling comfortable after that grip change, you've re- probably reverted back to where you're at. But uh, you know, it's it's this time of year. It's a great uh, you know lesson. You you just got to get back to as you as you get out there in the next couple of weeks swing, and you got to go back to kind of the fundamentals and and have some checkpoints and where my my hands on the club and how's my posture and alignment and ball position and uh if those things are good the the rest of it all becomes a lot easier you don't have to work around around your setup so and to steal chris's line you know are you exercising or are you practicing um practicing not as much for me usually exercising i guess but the what the example i'm going to use is a 60 degree wedge which uh, you're just asking me questions what do you use around the greens mac from 120 from 50 from 40 and you're saying you know you got a 60 degree wedge in your bag you never hit it and i said i never hit it as of about four years ago yeah well chris says take out the 60 so i do i mean what can hurt you with your coach right so your teacher and uh it it doesn't work that bad Chris had me hit probably 40 wedges with the 60, and it's, uh, I think I'm not going to be – the thing is you're kind of afraid to hit it in a competitive situation because yeah. you don't have confidence in it. Yeah, and, you know, we, we, tend to, we tend to lose confidence in clubs or shots, and uh, we get away from them. But uh, uh, anything we can do to eliminate anxiety and doubt in the golf swing is a good thing. So, uh, you know, the, those – those holes in your bag or those weaknesses in your bag, that's usually a pretty good place to, to practice and, and get more comfortable with. So. Yeah, either that or don't carry them around. Yeah, just eliminate them. <laughs> We've got a special guest coming up. It turned out to be a great segment. Uh, Mark Ronai is uh, with us, a general manager and director of development at uh, the Pines and uh, the Preserve. And uh, Mark worked with Fred Booz for 40 years, as you'll find out, and uh, uh, we lost Fred uh, the 13th of April, and uh, 
just a, a legend, really, in, a, in, in Minnesota golf and certainly resort golf and in our part of the country for sure. So Yeah, our condolences to the Grandview family and the Booze family. And, uh, but Fred, he, he was a legend. I mean, he really changed the landscape of golf in, in the Brainerd area, uh, but really all of Minnesota really created uh, w- what is now one of the best golf destinations in the country. So We'll be back with that interview. Right after this, you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, and now available at Podcast One. Very special guest today, Mark Ronai, General Manager and Director of Development at Grandview Lodge. Mark, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Well, it's great to talk to you. We've got, uh, of course, uh, a loss to the community, a loss to uh, golfing world in general. Uh, Fred Booz, your longtime boss out there at Grandview, and uh, uh, Fred, uh, quite a character by all accounts, a competitive guy, and uh, really changed uh, the golf uh, world in the Brainerd Lakes area, didn't he? Yes, he did. You know, Fred passed away last Friday, and I was fortunate to be with him when he passed, and, um, you know, he was sharp, right, you know, he was 84 years old, sharp right to the end. I mean, the day before, the day before he uh, passed away, he called me with a couple suggestions, which led me to think about something as it relates to Fred, which is, you know, um, Fred was always one, and, and Chris, you know this, as well as, you know, I'm sure you've heard it, um, Fred was one for suggestions. There's always a better way of doing it, <laughs> yeah. and he always had the answer. So I'm guessing that St. Peter now has a new registration process. <laughs> right. Let's check with Fred. Fred showed up and said, no, 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 that is not the way you register people. You know, this is important. You've got to get their address, their information. You know, you've, this, is, this, is, this, is, this can't be a Mickey Mouse operation. We've got to get this done correctly. So I'm sure there's some, been some, some suggestions put forth already. I love it. Mark, give us a little background. When did Fred take the, take the, really take the reins out there at Grandview? You know, in the early 60s. Amazing! It was in the, in the I don't know, know the exact date, but in, he came to work there in the '60s and um, worked there for gosh, I think it was close to right about 30 years. Is, is, is actually about how long he he worked out here. Um, I've been at Grandview for 40 years, and so here's a here's something I figured out um, yesterday. For 40 years, I have had at least one, and maybe as many as a hundred conversations a day with Fred. <laughs> 300 days a year for 40 years. Wow. I mean, and to think I've had my last conversation with him is a little bit um, little bit unique. Um, that's, a, that's hard for me to uh, envision. You know, Fred had a phenomenal passion for the resort business um, long before he got into golf. Um, Fred was a state champion tennis player in high school. And as I actually talked to someone who played high school tennis against Fred... In, in, and he said it was like playing against the garage door. He said it wasn't flashy, but he hit it back to you every time. <laughs> he got to everything, and it was always back at you, back at you, back at you. And uh, he just he was relentless, and he wore you down. <laughs> and you know, he played college tennis, and he played college hockey. Um, he for a long time he had the most letters ever won at Blake School. Wow. And it was something like varsity letters. He won like 11 or 12. And it was only fitting that the person who broke his record was his daughter, Julie. She <laughs> had that? 13. 
Wow. And, I mean, and and um, her because one of his other daughters, Carolyn, was a I think she won eight or nine state championship medals um, in gymnastics. Um, you know, the other daughters had, were just phenomenal athletes. Uh, so, so Fred had some pretty strong genes in there when it came to comp- com- came to competition and to athletic ability. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if Fred said to his daughter, "If I'd have known you'd have done that, I'd have won a few more letters." <laughs> <laughs> he probably looked. Actually, what he probably did is looked for a technicality. Right. Said, well, back in the day, when I was in seventh grade, I couldn't play varsity. Or, you know, there you go. Have, yeah. They didn't have soccer back then, or something like that. That's that's what he would have put it. He described Mark a little bit of the genesis of golf in the area and how there were the uh, the smaller, not uh, not I mean, good golf courses certainly area, but nothing like uh, what would happen at the Pines and the Preserve, and then uh, just explode from there. True. I like to say that, um, well, you know, sometimes um, you, you, it's rather, you'd rather be lucky than good. And um, in, in one instance, in the, as it came to, come, came to golf, Brownie Coat many years ago had purchased the land for the Pines across the street from, um, from Grandview. And, you know, it was 340 acres, and it was just, it was sitting there for, I think, 50 years. I think Brownie had owned it for 50 years before we started building the Pines. And we saw this this big emphasis on golf all over the country, and we ran the numbers on it. We did performance. We said this looks really good. It almost looked too good to be true when we when we ran the business plan for the Pines. And so, you know, we we also had some outside influence from uh, some Coat family, put some outside directors on their company board, and some of them were golfers and. They said, nope, this resort is ready. It's, if it's going to take the next step, we've got to do something serious. And, you know, Madden's, Madden's had the vision long before Grandview ever did about, you know, how important, you know, golf was. And, and Madden's had the best golf, you know, in many respects north of Minneapolis. And it wasn't uh, in terms of public golf. Madden's had it for years and years. They were way ahead of us. And um, so what happened is we ran the numbers. Uh, we, we did a couple layouts. We hired Joel Goldstrand and, um, and a partner of his who was a builder to do some feasibility studies. And the next thing you know, um, we started building the Pines Golf Course. Uh, we, it took a little while longer than we thought because we didn't know anything about it. And so it took longer than we thought to build it. And it was, you know, about 40% more expensive than we thought. Uh, but the good news is when it opened, it was, I like to say, it was like opening a lemonade stand in the desert. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that we were brilliant. It was, we had a good product, a product that was in high demand in a high demand location. And so that, that's how it got started. We were, and it just exploded. Uh, no sooner did we get that first 18 done than we started thinking about the third nine because the demand was so high. And we started seeing guests come who had never come before. We started hearing stories about people literally now considering moving to Nisqua for their summer home because there was good golf in the area. You know, there was you know there was good golf up in Alexandria, and there was good golf on the south end of Gull Lake, and there was good golf up in Bemidji, but there wasn't anything on in the, on the north end of Gull Lake, and you know, in this general area, on, the, on you know up, up where we are, and and all of a sudden. You know, our little micro um, uh, community here became a place where it became really hot for uh, people to retire to because the um, the golfing uh, product changed so much. So we started here, seeing, got some national recognition. We got people coming from all over the country to come to play golf here. Um, you know, they just heard about it. And it was much better golf than they expected. And then a couple of years later, we we um, we built. 
about that same time we bought and finished the preserve. And so all of a sudden, like, the, and, and um, Chris, you'll understand this, we actually did 40, over 41,000 rounds of golf on 27 holes at the Pines one year. It's amazing. 41,000 is just a number that just blows me away. Right now we do about 30, and that's a good number. Back in the day, before we knew any better, you know, we were eight-minute tee times and five-minute five-hour rounds. And, <laughs> you know, and, but it, 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 it made so much money that, frankly, it allowed us to change the rest of the resort. Um, you know, it, it funneled money and, and ideas and creativity and um, and some, you know, being able to, to build some additional units that we for, were for sale and people invested in rental units and those kind of things. So it just changed. It, it was the genesis of the. Um, the change in Grandview. It was really the start of Minnesota as a golf destination and great quality golf outside of the Twin Cities. Well, it's, it, you know, it's amazing how many people came through and looked at it. And, and um, I think that, you know, a lot of people looked at it and said, well, if these idiots can do it, so can we. So, <laughs> so you know, then it's Madden's did it and, and obviously um, Rutgers did it and, and Dutch went in in a big way and up in the North Shore with, uh, with with Superior National and then Giants Ridge and and just on and on Blueberry Pines and you know the, it became it, it really became something where in northern Minnesota there's a ton of really really good golf. Uh, I am happy to say and I'm proud of the fact that Fred and I, you know, we were on the front end of this and I mean, Fred had a had a really intense vision about this and you know it's not often in your career where you get to participate in changing a community and. Um, and for the positive, and I think that's one of those opportunities that because I was working with Fred, I got to participate in, and Fred, Fred's name is all over it. I mean, Fred Boos absolutely changed um, you know, the golf scene in Minnesota and, and actually even the vacation scene in northern Minnesota. You're listening to our interview with Mark Ronai, General Manager and Director of Development at Grandview Lodge, and his remembrances of Fred Boos and their 40 years working together at Grandview. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. You're listening to our conversation with Mark Ronai, General Manager and Director of Development at Grandview Lodge, and his remembrances of 40 years working together with Fred Booz. And when you guys started, Fred, what, really, what, neither one of you were really golfers, right? I was terrible, and Fred was almost as bad. <laughs> and, I mean, Fred knows, knew so little about golf. Uh, my favorite story like that I used to tease him about is when we just had that little nine-hole garden course, and he thought it was too short, and that it didn't look good on the scorecard. So we changed the scorecard. <laughs> he didn't lengthen the holes. He did. He just decided, well, we got to have it at least twenty-seven hundred yards or something. So he just he just added distance to the you know added distance to the scorecard, which obviously you can't do. <laughs> but that's what he did, and to make it look better, and that's how little he knew about golf. You know that was he would never have done that. You know he knew about it but we started playing golf and he started playing golf and he um we started meeting a lot of people and uh, the one thing about golf something about golf that's really unique is you know we got so much input from so many people who know so much more than we do they knew what they were talking about and they loved talking about golf and so as we got started we that helped us and and uh, and i think golf is the most um amazing word of mouth game in terms of if you play something you'll tell 50 other people about it and because you know when you're playing a round of golf you one of the things you always talk about wherever you played well you know we open the pines and all of a sudden everyone's talking about the pines 
and they're, and they're, they're talking about it all, all the time. And it was just, it was amazing how good that worked out, how well that worked out for us. Um, the Pines, we had a, a nice logo that Fred was really responsible for. One year, do you remember the Dayton's Challenge, Chris? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, for actually for three years or two years in a row, um, the Dayton's Challenge, the number one hat that people were wearing watching the um, event was the Pines hat, the Pines golf hat. That's neat. Nice. And yeah. It's it just, it, you know, it's, it's a funny little thing, but it's, but it, you know, again, Fred had a, had a vision for what that logo needed to look like, and, you know, we were going to call it Majestic Pines, and we were going to call it Purgatory Pines, and we were going to always, and then we, one year, when they would just decided, no, we're just going to call it the Pines at Grandview Lodge, and and it stuck, and it made a really, really nice logo, and um, and the rest is history. About that, at, for about three years in a row, we were the number one Imperial Hat um, customer seller in the Midwest. Wow, I've been in the, some of the Purgatory Pines that are up there <laughs> several times, Mark. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, anyway. You, to get back to golf for a minute, uh, Fred, we had uh, interviewed Fred a few years ago with the other uh, legends in the area, Dutch and Jack and Brian Thuringer, and uh, it was great to have the four of them together. But uh, he talked about golf and uh, and you guys uh, playing, not playing a lot, like you were just saying. So give us a little background on I, we, what, we were just uh, off air before we started about some of the places you and uh, Fred played golf. Fred and I, Fred and I, and then we would take a couple. You know, the other pros. Tom Kinsley came came with us on some trips, and Kevin Cashman, and Mark Neva, and the, some others. But okay, so I, I had a couple quick stories to tell you. One was Fred and I actually, I like to say, we played on the unlimited golf package at Augusta National. <laughs> <laughs> and now, if the the way that works is you're, you're across the parking, you're across the street in a parking lot, waiting for the member. The member shows up at the front door of Augusta National, and he, they call you and say you can come now because you can't set foot on there with you know, no matter who the member is or when they're coming, until they're there, you can't set foot on that place. So we go, we check into the Eisenhower cabin, and so then we we, we check in the Eisenhower cabin. We go to the clubhouse. We have dinner at the Augusta National Clubhouse. We go upstairs. We meet Lou Holtz in the champions' room. We come downstairs. We go back to the to the cabin after dinner. Um, we play gin on the table that President, President Eisenhower and Sam Sneed and those guys used to play gin on. <laughs> I mean, that's a freak show. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> so then we got up in the morning. We played golf. Um, we went up in the morning, had breakfast. We played Augusta National, 18 holes. Then we went over, and, and, and our host said, uh, let's go play the nine. So we went over and played the little par three, um, which you see on television. We went back to the clubhouse, cleaned up, and we're walking up for dinner. And I turned to Fred and said, you know, even if they realize we don't belong here, we've already played. So um, then we went up and had dinner uh, again, gin and, and you know, playing gin. And the next morning we got up and played another 18 at Augusta and, and went home. On the 16th hole the second day, Fred, the pin in the, in the Sunday position, and golfers will know what I'm talking about, the, 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 on the 16th hole of par three, the pin was down by the water. Fred hits it up high in the green and it's rolling down toward the cup. And it looks like it's going to go in. I mean, <laughs> four feet out, I thought the, cup, the, the ball was going to go in the cup. <laughs> and an instant flash in my head was, 
Fred's going to walk up to the edge of the water, have a heart attack, die face first in this pond. <laughs> over with. He's dead because he's got nothing left to live for. So the ball rolls and it disappears, and then it pops out. So it, it probably it probably was an inch behind the cup. Mm. But I was I was convinced that that was it. I had to get ready to make arrangements for because he wasn't going to live through it. <laughs> so we so and then we played that. And then we went the next day. We went and played Bobby Jones's home track, which is East Lake in Atlanta, which is a two hundred fifty thousand dollar initiation to play. And I like to say I don't know how many people have ever had that be the second best course they've had on one golf trip. <laughs> uh, so and then then we uh, we also we played. Um, you know, Fred played Pine Valley, which again, which typical Fred. There's no smoking anywhere, in the, but so here's Fred hiding in the woods, <laughs> being caught by the by a player assistant at Pine Valley smoking. <laughs> He's lucky he wasn't thrown off. And then we played we played Cypress Point, which is the private club at, um, at 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 Pebble Beach, which again is super exclusive, and just a million stories out there and. You know, this again is a place where no one gets to play, and we played it. And like, I, I think I've played three of the top ten courses in the United States, and I think Fred played twenty-five of the top fifty, which is just an amazing feat. Oh, that's um, pretty good so stuff. We got, and for a couple of hacks, you know, was, I, at least I was a hack of sixteen. We never knew really what Fred's handicap was because there was the reported handicap, and then there was the handicap he played to when when he had to bear down. Uh, he was a competitor. I think I think Fred's competitiveness was both his his uh, it was it was good and bad. He was ultra competitive. It wouldn't matter if it was if it was cribbage or if it was bocce ball or if it was a putting contest or if it was eighteen holes for a state championship. Uh, it was the same level of intensity with Fred. There's <laughs> not many not many trophies accepted for second place in his life. And, and building a resort, he was uh, feels the same way there too. Yeah, you know, we he he really he was great at putting himself into the the place of a guest, and I think that's something that like Jack those of that um, age group, Jack Rutker and you know uh, the people at Madden's and Dutch and so you know they were really good at putting themselves in the place of a customer. What would a customer want? What would I want if I was a customer? And I think Fred, that was always his, his motto. We've got to be easy to do business with, and what would the customer want? Uh, those are good lessons to learn. Yeah, Absolutely. that's a great takeaway. That's kind of, Fred said uh, similar things when, when he and uh, uh, Brownie were kind of uh, button heads about how they should run the hotel part of the business. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was not a, a duo that was going to coexist. <laughs> that lasted about about two weeks, and then it was either Brownie or Fred, and Brownie didn't want to do it that badly, so Fred took over. So your opportunity, Mark, to work with a visionary, really, your whole professional career has to really be, uh, well, just, uh, I don't, you, you never get that opportunity, and here you've done it for 40 years. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, because when I started at Grandview, we were open 120 days a year. We had 79 employees in the summer, and we had seven in the winter. Um, we did well under a million dollars in revenue. Um, a busy day was 150 guests. And now a busy day is going to be 1,000 guests this summer. Um, you know, we, we're open every day. Um, we have 700 employees in the summer and 230 in the winter. We do the same amount of business today in dollar volume in three days that I did my first year. Wow. And my busiest three days are equal to my first year at Grandview in terms of revenue. And so 
I got to do something that, you know, I mean, how many people get to stay in one place for 40 years? And like I said, Fred and I had a, had a, had a unique relationship. Um, you know, we could say anything to each other, and then the next day we just started over. So I like to say, I probably said more mean things to Fred than anyone in my life, and he said more mean things <laughs> to me. Than, and, but the next day, it was forgotten, because we, we, we could let it all hang out, so to speak, when we were airing our ideas. That's awesome. Mark? Mark, you guys have always been ahead of the curve and and you know pioneering things. What what's what's next for Grandview? What's uh, what do you have on your plate right now? Well, it's uh, I mean I always thought I, I can I, I was busy. I knew what busy was, but right this minute, I've never been this busy in my life. We uh, we are in the process of selling twenty one um, twenty one units on the Garden Course, twenty one rental units. These will be very high end, the highest end units ever in Minnesota. These are 21 units at a million dollars each. And we've got half of them pre-sold. So there's six under construction right now. Um, so we're, we're, that's going to add a, a nice amount of capacity to us. We are going to break ground at everything if everything holds together right now the way it should um, on a 60-room boutique hotel, also on the garden course. Um, there will be a conference hotel, but also a, a boutique hotel for couples and weddings and things like that. It's going to be a very, very high-end finish hotel. We're going to build a new, same time June 1st, we're going to break ground on a, uh, on a new recreation center for our guests that will have an indoor pool with a water slide, an outdoor pool. It'll have a yoga studio, a child, couple thousand square feet of children's program space, a uh, spinning room, a uh, fitness center. And then outside around it, we're going to build, you know, I think well, something I think is going to be really fun. I think we're going to build Minnesota's first cornhole stadium. <laughs> oh, really? The beanbag game. The beanbag, uh, yeah. Six to eight stations, lights, scoreboards, cup holders are mandatory, and bleachers. Um, so that you know, we think for conferences and that, they'll get a big kick out of that, and also for families and family reunions. Climbing wall, putting greens, a couple of sand volleyball, professional sand volleyball courts, high ropes course, some new tennis courts, all, all that stuff. We're also building a chapel. Um, a 70-seat chapel on the grounds here that's going to be really old school. It's going to look like it's been here forever. Then in September, we plan to start a, a, an expansion to double the size of our spa. Uh, our spa has been extremely, extremely successful, and we're going to position it as a, as a destination spa. Then the last thing we're doing is we've also started another housing project out on the pines. It's really hidden. You can't see much of it from the pines. But... It'll be a 20-unit, um, you know, half a million dollar kind of uh, community where, again, it'll be people can use them for 40, 42 days a year in the, in the summer, and then the rest of the time we rent them for them. Uh, swimming pool, we have a 100-yard-long putting, putting um, range out there. We have uh, some other amenities. So by the time, uh, you know, uh, the next 18 months are going to be 1,000 miles an hour, <laughs> and, and we'll see what we have, won't we? So other than that, you're not doing anything, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So that's why that's why I, I I now have taken to full time adding the director of development title to my name because maybe I'm really the director of development and general manager. <laughs> right, so. right. Well, that is exciting stuff, Mark. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's you know it's um, you know I don't have a lot longer to do this. You know, after doing it for forty years, I'm getting old. Um, but you know, this is this is. This is going to keep me young for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm yeah. To, to see this all, all this stuff through um, and set Grandview up for you know the next hundred years. We just celebrated our hundredth year anniversary a couple of years ago, and the next hundred years are for sure the next 
25 are going to be really exciting because this is going to position Grandview to, to be something it's never been before. Mark, thanks for taking the time with the memories of Fred. One thing I always like to say is there's people in your life that you can never thank enough for everything you do for a community or for an individual, but you guys at Grandview have done so much for the community, and uh, just thanks a million for that. And uh, and uh, thanks for remembering Fred. He was a rough around the edges, competitive guy, and you know better than anybody about that, but uh, the one a lot of odd accomplishments. I'll say really quick, and that is the thing people don't know about Fred is how generous he was to people who needed help. Um, no one knew this. The stuff he's done for people that, that he made sure no one knew that he did it. I mean, on and on and over and over and over again, changing people's lives, some, sometimes in a big way and sometimes in a little way. But he was super generous, but he never wanted anyone to know about it. And that's something that, that I'm proud that, you know, to have helped him once in a while to, to get that executed. But also I'm just, I'm happy to tell people about that because that's, you know, that's a side of Fred that not many people knew. Uh, that's great. That's neat stuff, Mark. All right. Well, you guys take care. Thanks for the call. Thanks Thank a million, you. Mark. Appreciate yep. it. Bye. That's Mark Ronay, General Manager and Director of Development at uh, Grandview Lodge with his rememberings of uh, Fred Booz, uh, the late Fred Booz, who did so much for our community. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and uh, now available on the podcast one as well, we definitely want to thank uh, Mark Ronai. What a great segment! Those well, two segments there on uh, the passing of Fred Booth and uh, uh, Fred, and just what an incredible uh, visionary kind of guy Fred was, and uh, unique in so many ways too. So, pretty uh, pretty fun interview. Chris uh, back from uh, Palm Springs and uh, on tour, Satoshi Kadera, I believe Kadaira. There we go. Uh, wins on tour, which uh, from Japan, he's going to be an international hero winning on the PGA yes. Tour in Japan, a hometown hero, I should say. And uh, Luke List and Ian Poulter look like maybe they're going to get up and run away, but uh, Poulter faltered, and uh, I was just discussing off mic with you. They were talking about him playing six weeks in a row, and he was saying when he got to the Masters how tired he was because he had to win to yeah. get into the Masters. So he kept playing in hopes of winning, and he plays the Masters. Then he plays the week after. And really kind of faltered on Sunday. Yeah, you know, he, he um, well, he's had a great last month. He, 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 I think he went 45 holes uh, from Augusta to last week where he hadn't made a bogey. But I think, you know, any time you win, there's a letdown. And all the things you have to do following a win, all the media stuff, and it's just a, you know, there's a big high after you win, especially for a guy who, you know, gosh, Two, two or eighteen months ago, he was uh, he was losing his tour card. Right. So he goes from you know three hundredth in the world back into the the top fifty. I, I I hate seeing Poulter play well going into the Ryder Cup here. Coming up. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I say that in jest because he's such a great Ryder Cup player and such a force on the European team. So you know, he, it. I I think he just got tired. And six weeks is a lot being out there on the road. Six six straight weeks and. Um, yeah, you win and then you play at Augusta, which is, you know, hard tournament, but both physically and mentally to play. And then, uh, then go to Harbor Town and you played really well up, you know, through 63 holes. But, yeah. uh, uh, I'll tell you, Luke List, 
who finished third, he is uh, he is on his way to for a breakthrough. I think he uh, he has sure played well the last uh, really since the start of the year. And then Bryson DeChambeau, who finished tied for third as well, is definitely on a great track as well. So yeah, DeChambeau just had the one really wobbly for, wobbly Saturday, and then. Yes. Uh, Bounce back pretty good, really. Poulter at 42, six weeks in a row. Yeah, that's uh, – well, you're not as young as – you see those guys. Sometimes you'll see a guy in the money list at the end of the year – like, how did how is he up there? And then he realized he played every. It's usually a young guy, yeah. twenty five or something. Plays every tournament, yeah. Always twenty fifth or whatever, and always always getting a check. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, uh, Webb Simpson finishing fifth. He uh, it's nice to see him, him with his game back. He went yeah. from last year he was one hundred and eighty seventh in strokes game putting. Uh, that's where he. Yeah, that, that's what the thing that, that's really separated him he's always been a, a fabulous ball striker and has struggled with the, put, the putter and really uh one of the guys that was really impacted when they you know banned anchored putting but he uh he's in the top 20 right now in in uh, strokes games putting and he's using a very unique grip it's similar to uh kind of like bernhard longer um or matt kuchar where he he anchors the the shaft of the putter basically to his left arm or he attaches it to his left arm and then he's using a, a claw grip in his right hand so very unique but he's boy it's, it's sure being effective for him so it's fun to see a, a guy you know he's just trying to adapt and work around his his tendencies yeah he was uh, one of those guys that was going to be there forever it felt like webb simpson when he first started to really make a name for yeah. himself and then he, he there's been a few of those guys of late that kind of disappear and come back and you, you don't know where they go i guess yeah. it's usually short game like you're saying though on the women's tour brooke henderson wins she's 20 years old uh, canadian six-time winner and she's 20 years old it's impressive isn't it wow and she yeah. was pretty dominant she won by four yeah and wasn't really uh, in, in too much jeopardy on sunday or on saturday no she played well down the stretch and um i tell you the, the ladies tour is on a on a pretty big upswing right now their uh sponsorship is great and they've got a great schedule this week they're playing at wilshire country club in beverly hills and uh have a strong strong field there and fun to see yeah the multiple winners and uh, they're in in the previous few years there's been a player or two that are so dominant it seems like they're going to win every time they play and uh, this year, they're really spreading it around. Of course, the quality of golf just going up and up and up with all these young players, similar Absolutely. to the men's tour. Yes. Yeah. 19th Hole is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Thanks to uh, Tito's for that and to all our sponsors. We are happy to have you along. 19th Hole, Palm Springs seems like a 19th Hole kind of place, Chris, is, uh, uh, after a day in the sun. There are a few nice hot spots in <laughs> Palm Springs. <laughs> We're going to have uh, Sheps on 6th tonight, the uh, – is our uh, golf team we're getting together tonight because the spring has been so long we haven't seen each other so you got to strategize for yeah we got the upcoming start of men's league find out which shirts look best the lineups one guys can play one guys can't play hopefully this year i can play and i can play two different turn you know i can be available and i can also play there you so. go with that newfound short game for sure <laughs> right. who, who, who's your fashion consultant who picks out those team uniforms for you uh butchie thinks he is uh, uh butch travica yeah but it, it'll be a team vote <laughs> <laughs> 
Chris, uh, welcome home, and uh, we're getting ready for the golf season. I understand maybe you have to get the youngsters out there next week. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got our middle school program starting this week before taping, and uh, we'll be inside for a couple days, but hopefully we're going to get them outside starting next week. Boy, those high school teams are just chomping at the bit to to get going so it uh i think we'll we'll finally start seeing some green grass next week and uh getting a few spots open and uh everybody can get out and play thankfully 50 and 60 degree days ahead that'll be nice yeah that will be thanks chris thank you mac you've been listening to lakes woods and irons on 1380 kliz streaming at com, and now available on podcast one Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down in the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.